All right, it's time to start talking on the podcast. What's the name of the podcast? Election Problem. Starring uh, two of your favorite fellas. One is named Kid Midas. And the other is named Long John. What's up? Everybody, what's up? It's another week here in the home of the free and the land. Oh, damn it. It's another week here in the land. Is it land of the free and home of the brave or home of the free and land of the brave? Home of the free and land of the brave. I had to think about it. Is it? home? Yeah. It's another week here on the home of the free and the land of the brave. That's the United States of America to you, madam. Number one country, number one with a bullet, 1776 Constitutional Convention. The oldest and greatest country in the world. Amendments to the Constitution and also the government, the economy, and that unstoppable, unfakeable, all-American popular culture that charmed the world with something they call soft power. Tide Pods, remember not to eat them. That's the American way. Anyway, this is our podcast. It's called Election And what we do on this podcast is we make and lose money by betting on predictit.org, which is a website where you can predict political outcomes using actual money. And boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of fun doing that and also talking into our microphones so that you can listen via your Bluetooth speakers or headphones. Not to put too fine a point on it, but that's the American way, technology for the betterment of all. Um, And thanks for listening and have a great week and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Goodbye. Well, there's a lot to get to this week in the news. Gavin Newsom. Oh my gosh, what? I don't know. He was in the news. I was just going to name some people. Oh, cool. Go for it. Gavin Newsom, Joe Biden, the Senate. Uh, Elon Musk. But this is like being on the set of the Rachel Maddow show. This is right? incredible. This this topicality is second to none. <laughs> this can't be beat. Listen to you just naming all these topics. Warnock. Oh Georgia. E- North Carolina. More relevant than the next. Guns. Hot. It's hot. It's hot down here in in North Carolina. It's hot everywhere. It's really hot in England. We hope all our British listeners are staying cool. By watching yeah. some of those cool, sophisticated British TV dramas that we're all so crazy about. They don't have uh, air conditioning as as much as we do. Well, they're not used to having it be as hot as yeah. we are. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I'm not I'm not uh, giving them a rough time for not having air conditioning. Uh, yeah. Fetterman. Uh-huh, yep. Dr. Oz. Oh, Dr. Oz. Dr. Yep. Oz has been getting dunked on all over the place. J.D. Vance. Uh huh. Yeah, we got we got news on the JD Vance billboard front that we're going to talk about this week. Okay, that was a good list of topics. I want to start with something kind of serious. A correction. Last week I said that um, California governor and 2024 presidential hopeful, at least I hope he runs for president because I bought shares in him running for president. Gavin Newsom. I said that he used to date Kimberly Guilfoyle, who is Donald Trump Jr.'s current. Uh, lover i believe they're lovers is that correct they yes, are right they still, still are. yes yeah um and that's incorrect because i forgot that gavin newsom and kimberly guilfoyle were actually married for John. three years they were married husband and wife their union was blessed i assume by a religious official in some sort of ceremony they were truly married they could truly make love to each other as much as they wanted they were man and wife <laughs> right 
Yeah, they were. I saw. So I was reading about this um, last night, actually, and that's when I discovered it as well that they were married. And maybe I, I, I don't think I knew either, or I had forgotten. Uh, but I was interested to see that she's always been a conservative. Yeah, again, I agree. The more I think about it, the more I think it's disqualifying. Yeah, it's kind of weird. To marry, I don't understand, like, sometimes people talk about that. You know how, like, um, I just, like, the core, (laughs) if you could sum up all of the New York Times interest in one article, it would be something like, how I learned to love my Trump-loving husband. Just this idea that, (laughs) you know what I mean? But And it's kind of like, how... It's like fucking James Carville and what's her name? Yeah, yeah, Mary Matt. I don't think yeah. it's cute or interesting. Oh, when come on, people, it's really cute because when people, they can... when people are in a relationship with someone who, who has diametrically opposed political views. Because, and everyone's always like, "Oh, we shouldn't let politics be the most important thing. We should learn to see what's good about each other." In spite of our differences. Right. It's kind of like, mm, if you don't think women should be in control of their bodies, like, it's just, you know what I mean? It's not just the marginal tax rate. It's so much deeper and always has been. I don't know. I guess this really isn't an interesting point to make, but I guess what I would like to do at this point in the conversation is ask, is there, do we have literally one listener who's in a relationship with someone whose political beliefs are like wildly different than their own? And I don't mean... Well, yes, I'm an Elizabeth Warren voter, and I'm married to Antifa. I don't want to hear about someone who's more left-leaning than you. I'm talking about, do we have any listener, any listener, who is in a serious, committed, long-term relationship with, like, a true conservative? I kind of can't imagine that, you know? Yeah. I, I think there are couples out there where one couple may just be apolitical, not necessarily yeah. interested. I think that's yeah. difficult. That would be difficult for me as well. But that I could see. Right. Uh, when, yeah, when you are on opposite sides, it's like, uh, you know, when you have a Duke and UNC couple that gets married or something. It's. Uh, yeah, John, that's a great analogy. It's, it's just like that. <laughs> it's, it is just <laughs> like that. It's difficult. But when you're the, when you're Gavin Newsom and you're married to a, cons- I don't know, man, maybe I should sell my Gavin Newsom shares. Now you got me feeling kind of squeamish about this. I kind of think Gavin Newsom's going to be president now. I went on a couple dates with someone who voted for McCain over Obama. That was a what? weird era in my life. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, we were set up by a mutual friend, and um, there were a lot of interesting things about that person. But that didn't go anywhere. Is that the person that uh, made you um, put their head in a toilet? <coughs> No, John, um, okay. you've slightly misremembered that story. Okay. That was a, a, a date I went on years ago in the in the throes of my bachelorhood where, uh, I don't know if we can talk about this on the <laughs> she, she, when I announced that I was leaving her apartment, she said, you can have sex with me and put my head in the toilet. And I was like, uh Duly noted, I'm still going to leave now. Mm-hmm. And then she got so mad at me and texted me all the way home. What fun we have. What fun we have in the full bloom of youth, don't we? Okay. Mm-hmm. Portfolio update. This seemed like the week where the dam broke and everyone's like, maybe Joe Biden shouldn't run for president again. I know a lot of people have been saying that for a while, and I think we've even talked about it a couple times in the past month or so. 
But boy, man, it really did feel like this was the week where it was started to be really talked about openly. You know, I was listening to the Brian Lehrer show, one of my favorite TV shows, or I should say radio shows. And apparently there's a new poll about Biden's approval ratings among voters under 30. And the and the percentage of voters under 30 who, quote, strongly approve of President Biden at this point is holding steady at 1%. <laughs> Even my mom said, I don't think Joe Biden should run again. I don't think he's up for it. Really? And she likes Joe Biden. Yeah. Even she's over him. So let's take a look at the predicted.org. 1% of voters under 30. The statistic as I heard it was 1% of voters under 30 strongly approve of Joe Biden. You know what? We need to have Beckett on the show again. Yeah, we should and get, get his on. insights because is the, is the bloom off the rose or his is his admiration for Joe Biden as strong as it was 2 years ago. Who will win the 2024 Democratic presidential nomination? Of course, I have 100 shares in Mr. Joe Biden. They're down four cents, currently now at 34 cents. And who is in the number two spot? Why, it's the ex-husband of Kimberly Guilfoyle. Governor of California, Gavin Newsom. I paid 20 cents per share, and it has not budged from that price. I think that's still too high, 20 cents. I think it's low. Is he Over remarried? Over the, the next two years, is he remar- definitely going to go above 20. Newsom. Is he remarried? Does he have a wife now? Yeah, he's got a wife. She's okay. a documentary filmmaker. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. She All made right. a documentary you might have heard of. It's called Loose Change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That would be incredible. That would. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. John, who's going to be the damn not like, the de- oh, come on, Democrats. What's going on here? I can't imagine it's going to be Joe Biden. Is it really going to be Joe Biden? There's, it's way, way, way too early. You it's know, only last two years week, out. Yeah, it's just way too early. Everything is way too early. Even the stuff about the midterms is way too early. Mm, I think the midterms are coming up pretty quick. Yeah, they're coming up. But when is Labor Day? That's when everything is supposed to come together. Yeah. So I, I think the polling around Labor Day historically, I don't know, maybe things are different now because of the pandemic or whatever. But uh, yeah, typically around Labor Day is uh, when you see everything converging with uh, presidential approval. You know, right now, I think Warnock is, he's 16 points ahead of Joe Biden uh, with independence in terms of approval in Georgia in in Georgia you're looking at that Senate race against Herschel Walker yeah right I mean that's that's pretty incredible uh-huh. to, to see that decoupling but again I don't know if we're going to see those two things come together as we get closer so if you're in this market who will be the 2024 Democratic presidential nominee you think this market is priced correctly Joe Biden at 34 cents mm. Is that too high, too low, or just right? Yeah, I think that's that's about right. Oh, my God. You know, if Biden's the nominee, he probably... If Biden's win. the nominee, it kind of makes me respect him because that's crazed for him to decide to run again. Right. He doesn't look up to it even now. If he decides to run again, it's like, okay, we have a madman on the field. I can get behind that. This will be exciting. So if Trump is the 
if Trump is the nominee, then Biden probably wins barely or or Trump wins barely or Biden wins by, like he won before. If Trump is not the nominee, I think last week I said then then whoever it you is. You said Ron DeSantis will, ki- will, yeah, will I, get elected I, I, no matter I, who he runs against. I'd like You're to like, apologize. even if it's Superman, even if the Democrats nominate Superman, Ron DeSantis will beat him. I, I don't think I said that. But I, I think I'd like to take that back. That was sort of a, just a moment of gloom and doom. I think the Democrats probably have a better chance uh, than that. And it is still too far away. And depending on who the dim nominee is, then, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think, I think the biggest problem for Republicans is Donald Trump because, because Donald Trump's a problem. If he is the nominee, he's a problem Mm -hmm. because he's Donald Trump. And if he's not the nominee, he's a problem because he's on the outside, just pissing all over everybody and messing things up, which is exactly what he's going to do. If it's DeSantis, he's going to try to get his people to stay home. So again, he's our he's he's the greatest thing going for Democrats, even though he's the worst thing going for everybody. But in the meantime, we have these midterms coming up. John, we got an email from listener Sam. Sam said, "Is it just me, or is the who will control the Senate market on predicted underpriced for Democrats? It's currently thirty nine cents." He says, "This seems cheap to me. Fetterman and Warnock are more likely to win than lose." Seems like this should be closer to a 50-50 market. Now, speaking of the midterms, let's take a look at this market. Which party will control the Senate after the 2022 election? Republican 62, Democrat 39. Yes. That does seem a little low, man. You know, it's like... It is low. But but, right? but remember, predict it tends to skew towards the right because there's just a lot more men on predict it. So... Uh, it's not unexpected where it is, but yes, obviously it is a, a bit low. I think if you look at 538, they have it, uh, you know, pretty close, like 5347, if you believe in the 538 metrics. Um, yeah, they've got it uh, pretty close. Maybe a slight lean to Republicans. So should we buy in? No, that I'm not buying in at that. At 39, why not? It's just not going to move anywhere. It's just going to, it's not going to move. Ever? Well, yeah, at some point, but. um, Fuck it. I'm buying in. I don't care. YOLO. Okay. 100 shares, 39. Submit offer. Democrats will control the Senate. Okay. Dr. Oz is going to lose and Herschel Walker is going to lose, I think. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Oz is just too weird. Are those, both of those guys, I guess they're both Trump endorsed candidates, right? They were basically, it's like Trump's protégés, and they're both truly bizarre men. I hate to say it. I hate to say, speak bad of other men, um, because as we all know, we are a persecuted minority in this in this woke hellscape known as America. Yes. But I will yeah. say in these two instances, but both of those men are extremely strange. Now, they might win. Who knows? They're both famous. But speaking as a guy who's pretty normal, when I see those two guys, Oz and Walker, it's like, you guys are weird. I don't know. There's just something about it. There's just something about it. 
I think both of those debates, assuming they're televised debates between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz, you know that debate is going to be good if Fetterman is not having a stroke or whatever and is healthy right. enough to appear. Yeah, I think Fetterman needs to be healthy, obviously. And then the Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock debate, that's going to be another humdinger. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching those debates. Trust. I'll be Trust. watching those debates. No cap. How is that? Which is better? No cap. I'll no be cap. watching those debates. No cap. Trust. Is trust a thing? Is trust no, a you thing? You say trust. It's short for like, trust me. That's a new I'll thing. I'll be watching those debates. Trust. Okay. Like no that. cap. No cap. I'll be watching those debates. No cap. No, nah, it was better the other way. I'm too in my head now. I can't say it casually. I'll be watching those debates. No cap. How was that natural sounding? Nope. I'll be watching those debates. No cap. How's better. that? Okay. Still not good. I'll be watching those debates. No cap. No cap. No cap. Is that how you're supposed to say it? I'll be watching those debates. No cap. Yeah. (laughs) No little chuckle at the end. Like, who is this guy? This guy's interesting. He should run for Senate. He's such a weirdo. Hey, hey, that guy's such a weirdo. Maybe he should run for Senate. Is that a good way to express the weirdness of some of these candidates? Yeah. Well, I went to the I went to the um, boardwalk the other day, and I saw a really interesting guy. He had uh, tattoos all over his face, and he was a sword swallower, mm. and he had piercings all over his nose and his eyebrows. And I looked at him, and I said, "You're so weird. Maybe you should run for United States Senate." No cap. There we go. Oh, there we go. I've taken David to the air. I take David to the airport. He flies back and forth between North Carolina and New York. I don't know twice a week now. Yeah, it's something it's like really three times a week. helping the climate over here, David Reese. Sorry, I am running up a lot of air miles. I apologize, but I do thank you, John, for taking me to and from the airport as part of the Election Profit Makers Airport Limo Co-op. Now, I think you have an announcement to make about that service because oh yeah, that's right. So I have had a couple of instances where patrons have contacted me about picking them up at the airport and in. Um, one instance, we were, were not able to pull it off because the flight was delayed. In another instance, I had to turn them down because the flight was coming in pretty late. So I am thinking that there needs to be some sort of guidelines. Also, I, it's hard for me sometimes to pick people up because I'm taking David to the airport all the time. But that's true. Yep. Assuming <laughs> I'm not taking David to the airport, I we've got to pull this off at some point. Obviously, if people are coming into Chapel Hill, Carborough, I can do that. Um, I, I think I can't pick anybody up later than 9 p.m. Yeah, just give us a window and then Patreons who want to get picked up the air, at the airport can just book flights accordingly. Yeah, and I don't think I want to pick anybody up earlier than 10 a.m. So 10 to 9. That's that's generous. That's an 11-hour window where you're willing to pick up election yeah. profit makers. Yeah, I will absolutely Patreons at do RDU. that. Okay. Any day of the week. What? Sure, yeah. Oh, you're benevolent. Yeah. So let's 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 see if we can work this out. Okay. Um and yeah, Hit me up, and if and if we can't do it, we can't do it. But but I still think we should try. I agree. I think it would be thrilling. Tell me another podcast whose host is willing to pick up a listener at the airport. I'll wait. And then sit here, and there's just like all this silence. But I can't. You're not going to hear silence because the downstairs neighbor is running a leaf blower. Okay. Thank you very much, young man. Okay. What is that? <laughs>
Oh, it's a vacuum cleaner. He's running an outdoor vacuum cleaner. Okay. Only in New York. Only in New York, kids. Only in New York. Liz Smith, legendary gossip columnist, right? Is she the what one is that, that did coin what that? What is that? What? What's the vibe in New York these days? You know, oh, which- dude, it's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, COVID's up back on the upswing in places like California, but I'm looking at New York and it looks pretty stable. It's pretty stable here in North Carolina. Good. I haven't gotten it yet. I haven't either. I can't believe I haven't gotten COVID yet. And I mean, I to- I've been fucking and sucking all <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I wish I could pull it off <laughs> with a straight face. I just would like to tell everyone that we did a special Patreon ep uh, this past week on conference realignment because we received 50 emails. Not 50, but but a lot. 20? 30? More than I expected, frankly. A lot. Yeah. A lot of emails on conference realignment. So we did our best with that. Um, I don't know if in, in the discussion of conference realignment, if I made any predictions about what was going to happen, but if I could use this opportunity to say... The floor is yours. uh, In terms of the ACC, I am going to make a prediction that the ACC is not going to make it and that Carolina is going to end up leaving and going to the Big Ten. Unbelievable. With Notre Dame Uh. and Georgia Tech. And that fourth school will either be Virginia or Duke, if Duke is lucky. So that's my prediction. That's going to happen after 2036, though. Uh, I think it'll happen before that. What? Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. Okay. But I think it will happen in the next seven years. Any other predictions you can share with us about conference realignment? Um, no. Okay. It will be exciting. Oh, God. John, do we have an update on our, our scheme to buy a, a, zing, a real zinger of a billboard in Ohio that says, J.D. Vance, you have no chance because your underwear is dirty? Yes, we have looked into it, um, and by we, you, you uh, contacted a billboard company in Ohio, and I believe they gave you a quote of, what was it, $3,000? Yeah, because there's a minimum buy, it turns out. But I think there are probably cheaper options if you want to go the route of like a rolling billboard, these mobile billboards. I'm not doing that. The stupid trucks that have a big sign, you know, where the bed of the truck is just a huge flashing billboard. Right. That's bad for the environment. Yeah. And also, I think it really has to be an iconic roadside huge billboard with simple black text on a white background. There's just something so austere about that and and it has a certain understated majesty and i think that's appropriate to the message that we're getting across about jd vance's dirty underwear and i'm waiting on a quote from a second billboard company but we wanted to gauge the list the listeners interest like if we really go for this are there any of you who would help us 
would donate to this cause because obviously the more money that we put into it, the longer the billboard can stay up. The longer the billboard stays up, the better chance it has of, of really getting inside J.D. Vance's head right. and messing with it. Yeah, him. this isn't just fun and games. We're actually trying to affect yeah. the election. This is like Thanos in the Avengers when he gets all the magic gemstones and then he can kill everybody. That's what that's like the equivalent of this billboard. Um, Avengers Endgame. The um, Infinity Stones. He has this big purple glove, John, and he... If he gets all the stones in the glove and then makes a fist, half the people in the universe die. That's a real Re- movie they made. Can you believe that? It's so depressing. Real? Is that? Are you being serious? Yeah, I, I, yeah, and it was the most profitable movie ever, or something like that. Maybe, yeah, something crazy. And half the people in the universe just die. That's sick. Comic books are sick. Anyway. That's what we want to do with our billboard. We want to have the next great Marvel um, hit on our hands with this billboard. My biggest concern is I'm worried that it will be denied by the billboard company, which may be their right to just say, no, we don't want to do this billboard because we think it's uh, profane or we just whatever. I've dealt with that before with some of my projects, vendors who refuse to print t-shirts because of the cartoon on the t-shirt or something, but they'll, you know, there's always someone who's willing to do it in my experience, right? Like money talks, right? Everybody speaks the same language and that's the language of those green, green dollar bills. Cash rules everything around me. It's as true now as it was in the temple of Shaolin. No cap. I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job, had second hands. Moms bounced on old man, so then we moved to Shallon Land. A young youth, you're rocking the go-to. Low goose, only way I begin to G-York was drug loot. Once we have a commitment from a billboard company that they will do this if we provide the money, then we will solicit funds from our listeners. And the more money we get, the longer the billboard stays up. Right. I think that's where we leave it. Stay tuned. The J.D. Vance Dirty Underwear billboard may actually happen. And if it does, listeners, you'll be the first to know. We got an email from Alex. Alex writes, I'm having a lot of fun in the 538 generic polling markets on predicted.org, and I've come out ahead in two consecutive weeks. Good for you, Alex. Or should I say bully for you? I think they say that in England. This market is based on the results of 538's generic polling average at a certain date. 538 shares all the polls that they use to come up with their averages. Without knowing a whole lot about the quality of the polls included, and assuming that 538 serves more like a catch-all place for all polls, regardless of quality, it seems like 538 includes polls that just aren't all that good. They recently rated a poll conducted by Reuters and sponsored by Miranda Devine's laptop from hell, showing Republicans with a plus eight advantage on the generic ballot. That poll was rated as a B. They rated an economist poll conducted by YouGov giving Democrats a plus three advantage. I understand that historic trends indicate that Democrats will lose seats this year. I also understand that President Biden's underwater approval ratings will also likely contribute to Democrats losing seats this year. Given all this, I have a few questions. One, is it possible that Democrats are engaging in a sort of ticket splitting? The party doesn't like Biden, resulting in his low approvals, but also doesn't want Republicans to win Congress especially given the gut checks on guns and abortion? Uh, I would say the answer to that first question is yes. It is possible that Democrats are engaged in a sort of ticket splitting. Yes, and I think the Republicans have done that in the past too. Sure. Where, uh, you know, 
they elected Republicans and then they didn't elect Trump. So two, if the answer to the previous question is yes, how does that affect predicted investment strategies going forward? Well, I think you would wait. I think you would wait your investments towards outcomes where Democrats overperform in the midterms and then just bet against Biden being popular for the next couple of years. Right. Yeah, it makes sense to me. And number three, how full of shit is Nate Silver in 538 for including seemingly crappy polls in the 538 generic ballot average? John, that's a question for you. I haven't thought about 538 yeah. in quite some time. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not going to get into their methodology. I, I, I think 538 would argue that they need to include all the polls and that they really try to weight them in a particular way. So- that if you spike particular polls that look like they're outliers, then you end up, you know, increasing, uh, yeah, you end up amplifying bad data. So I don't know if Nate Silver is full of it for including those bad polls, but maybe Man, the shine really came off Nate thing. Silver over the last few years, huh? What's that? I said the shine really came off Nate Silver over the last few years. Yeah, you know, somebody pointed this out to me that the shine kind of came off everyone the last few years. <laughs> okay, I guess that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one's it, especially shiny these days. Right, I mean, in defense of yeah, Nate Silver, yeah. that everybody's kind of lost yeah. a step in the pandemic, and we yeah. all are, <laughs> are not doing so well. Yeah, yeah. So This is uh, not humanity's time to shine. No. We got a uh, question here from Galen. And, and it's actually not a question. He's it's, it, he's writing in to explain uh, the differences between analog and digital synthesizers. Yes, thank I you, Galen. I think you this had asked for somebody week. to write in yep. and explain it in under 500 words. And he did it, right? He did. He did. Uh, Galen writes, as an electronic music enthusiast, I always enjoy when the show drifts into audio land. Here is my attempt to explain the distinction between analog and digital synthesizers in under 500 words. The purpose of all electronics, from the control board in your slow cooker to the Yamaha DX7, is to represent some real-world qualities, quantities as signals and then manipulate those signals to some end. Quantities like temperature, time, or in the case of a synthesizer, the frequency and amplitude of a sound wave. In analog electronics, the signals are continuously varying voltages or currents. An analog oscillator, for example, is an electronic, circle, is an electronic circuit that produces a voltage which swings repeatedly up and down, the voltage is the analog of the quantity being represented. Whoa. He is continues. that where it comes from? Analog? That's where the word analog comes from? That's what he says. Hi. He continues, in digital electronics, the signals are streams of numbers, typically in a binary encoding. A digital oscillator then is a device that produces at a fixed rate a stream of numbers that vary up and down. Since the 1980s, most, synthesi most synthesizers have incorporated some combination of digital and analog elements. That was interesting to me. Yeah. 
So there is really more of a spectrum, he says, with fully analog synthesizers at one end, like the classic Minimoog. Is that how you say it? Minimoog, I think, yeah. Or the VCS-3 and fully digital synthesizers like the Teenage Engineering OP-1 at the other end. Many of the polyphonic synthesizers of the 80s were hybrids. They would use a small computer to generate control signals for analog components, which allowed them to automatically compensate for the instabilities inherent in analog electronics. Modern digital electronics are much cheaper and smaller than their analog counterparts. The immutable perfection of numbers means that digital devices can be made smaller and smaller and more and more complex with no loss of precision. The OP-1 is really a single powerful microprocessor in a fancy box. The immutable perfection of numbers. How do you like that? There is really something perfect about those numbers. Now, this was interesting to me. He says, ironically, the current appeal of analog electronics lies almost entirely in their instabilities and imperfections. The warble of a drifting oscillator or the distortion of a saturated amplifier. Flaws that engineers spent a century trying to mitigate are now desirable features. It means that the immutable perfection of numbers may not be the be-all, end-all when it comes to the production of sound. You want to have some, a little bit of, um, what would you call it, sloppiness? Mm-hmm. Analog analog uh, sloppiness? Mm-hmm. So maybe the numbers are not as, maybe the numbers in the end are not as perfect as we would like. Maybe they're too perfect. Yeah, too perfect. Right? Maybe the numbers are a little too perfect. Well, that was a good explanation, Galen. Thank you. We got a wonderful email. This is one of my all-time favorite pieces of listener feedback from Sandy. Who's going to read this, John? I, I didn't uh you read this because this is your you you're the one that discovered last this. week I was talking so about the jealous amazing... that you discovered this I know this is I totally stepped on your um no I stepped I into your it. territory with the immutable perfection of letters <laughs> it struck me that Liz Cheney her her last name can be spelled using the letters of the capital of the state she represents in the house yeah. which is Cheyenne the capital of Wyoming and I could only find a few other representatives for for whom this was true. But it turns out I actually undersold how amazing this situation is. Now listen to Sandy, set me straight. The distinction that Cheney and Cheyenne have is that they both stem from the same letter bank. I love that phrase. That is, they both use all the same letters and no others. Furthermore, those letters, C, E, H, N, Y, only combine to form one other name that I could find, which is Shane, C-H-E-Y-N-E, a Scottish surname that means oak tree. Huh. Sandy goes on, I was curious about what the letter banks of other state capitals might produce. So I did a cursory check and found a few notable rearrangements. So here are the examples. Madison, which we know is the capital of Wisconsin. What's a word that uses the same letter bank as Madison? Diamonds. Des Moines, the capital of Iowa. What's a word that shares the same letter bank? Dominoes. Little Rock, the capital of Arkansas, can produce ticket collector using hmm. the same letter bank. And finally, Carson City, the capital of Nevada, can produce sanctity. Oh, boy, that's an amazing one. As for possible Congress representatives who could follow in the same pattern as Liz Cheney from Cheyenne, I found only two. 
New Mexico, whose capital is Santa Fe, could elect Gloria Estefan. That would satisfy my that would satisfy my criteria. And your beloved state of North Carolina, whose capital is Raleigh, could elect posthumously Dante Alighieri. This is the now. Everyone, does everyone understand what, what we're talking about here? Sandy and I are operating on a very high level. Yeah. This is like a Dan Brown novel. This is like the Da Vinci Code, the kind of stuff we're talking about here with these letty, with these letter banks, right? You play a lot of Scrabble. That's why you can do all this. I want to say now, make a new announcement about this amazing phenomenon, which is I'm going to go out on a limb. And I haven't checked this. And I don't know if Sandy will check it. And I don't know how we would check it. We would probably write a computer program using our digital synthesizer. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Liz Cheney is the only American politician who has ever served, whose last name shares the same letter bank as the capital of the state they represent. I'm going to say this is the first time in American history this has happened. How do you like that, John? Yeah. That's, that's a good, strong statement, right? That is. I mean, it really causes you to think, right? Yeah, think on does. that, right? Yeah, it does cause me to This think. is like in the Da Vinci Code when they're like, the Pope had a baby and the Vatican, you know how in the, I can't, you know, Da Vinci Code's all about like all this crazy stuff and these symbols and, and code words and stuff. Yeah. I think it turns out that Jesus had, had like a baby or something. Anyway, this is kind of like that. Liz Cheney, the only American politician. Jesus had of, a baby. Is that right? I think so. I think that's the secret of the Da Vinci Code. Oh, okay. I think they unscrambled all the letters and hold it up to a mirror and says, Jesus had a baby, something like that. Had something to do with the pyramids in the, the Louvre. I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That yeah. book was, I can't remember if I read that one. I read one, I think it was called The Lost Symbol. Pretty bad title for a book. Yeah. The Lost Symbol. It was called something like that. Um, and it was all about like, um, the Renaissance it's, you know, it's like, uh, it's about Renaissance Italy and people leaving hidden messages and paintings and like, well, if you look at the painting in a mirror, you can see that Pontius Pilate is, uh, has a secret message for you. Something like that. I kind of feel like that's what we're, we're, we're rubbing up against here with this Cheney Cheyenne phenomenon. So okay. Well, you, maybe Sandy. if somebody could do the, the research on that and, um, I'll do the research on that. You will. I'm going to figure okay. out how to do it. I need someone to write a. Um, I don't know how to write computer programs. I stopped learning how to program in BASIC. I used to be able to program in BASIC pretty well. Ten print, who farted? Twenty go to ten. <laughs> Run program. <laughs> a little computer comedy from back in the day. Yeah, I went to Chapel Hill Computer Camp. Yeah, um, but I think what I want to do is I want to talk to somebody who can really program a computer to do something, which is to to go on Wikipedia or wherever you get a list and scour and compile the last names of every United States senator and um, House representative who has ever served for each of those politicians, find out what their letter bank is in their last name, and then see if that letter bank is also shared by their respective state's capital. And I have a feeling that of all those hundreds, if not thousands of politicians, Liz Cheney will be the only one whose last name shares the same letter bank as her state's capital. I'm going to say that she, that, that, that there'll be others. Really? I, that's a lot of people. And I guess I should be open to the fact that there are a lot of funky last names in the history of American politics, but I don't know, man. It's kind of like what you're saying is when people are like, oh my God, but the universe is so big. There have to be other planets with aliens on them. And I'm like, yeah, but maybe they're not. Maybe it's just us and we're the best. That's kind of how I feel about this. 
Maybe there's not. And then maybe it's only Liz Cheney and Liz Cheney is the best. And that's why we love no, Liz Cheney. But see, I think bringing that up, you know, when you talk about if the, is there life out there? Yeah. Is there another out there right now? No, there is not. Uh, there's not another Liz Cheney out there. But in the past, there oh, may have been. Perfect extension of my analogy. You're right. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, there may not be life out there, but the the universe has been around for billions of years. I think at some point there probably was. You're talking about like cavemen aliens on a different planet who were cavemen? Yeah. Although now that I think about it, the universe and it, you, you're probably dealing with bigger numbers. Oh, you think? Yeah. But also, I don't know. Could, could, life, have, could life have evolved on another planet faster than it did on Earth? Like, how would that happen? Didn't we do it just about as fast as it can be done here on Earth? That's another question I want another listener to tell us. Who cares? I mean, yeah. What did if life it was really, really slow? Earth, it did, still could have happened. Faster? No, it happened slower. Oh, you mean you think maybe there'll be life on other planets in like 20 million years when we're all dead? No, I'm saying that life developed. We didn't start developing. I don't know. Nah, whatever. Someone, someone, I need another computer programmer to write me or a scientist and say, did life develop on Earth just about as fast as it could have? Or is it possible that like 200 million years ago, there were aliens, intelligent aliens on another planet, and we were just kind of like slow to develop? I have so many damn questions all of a sudden. God damn it. I hate being, I hate being curious. Curiosity killed the cat and cats have we're nine one lives. Of the, isn't the Milky Way one of the newest galaxies? I don't, John, I don't know. Yeah. There's much older galaxies out there. Is that what those new photos of those, those new photos they, they got from that space camera and they, and they said, if you look at this galaxy, this galaxy is actually like from an hour after the Big Bang, and the light yeah. only just got here. So we're looking at a galaxy that's like 600 years old. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know. These new photos. But yeah, they're, they're, you're looking back in time, billions of years ago, at those oh galaxies. Those God. galaxies don't exist anymore. That, that, uh, that'll mess your head up. Let's not talk about that anymore. Okay. Thank you, Sandy. The wordplay has never been more has never been more intense. And I... And, and, you know, Thursday night, John, there's going to be a primetime January 6th committee hearing. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to be focusing on what was actually happening in the Oval Office on that morning. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a that's going to be a whiz bang episode. But I do hope that they will take a moment for Liz Cheney to acknowledge how unique her last name is in the history of American politics. And I hope that I'm called to testify on this fact at a committee hearing because I would show up and do a good job. I'm not going to show up wearing a denim denim jacket and a descendants t-shirt like that former oath keeper did that guy was dressed on brand but i guess that gives him a certain hard scrabble authenticity which is what we all crave in hard our scrabble. tv characters right yeah it's pretty cool looking what about that we got an email about some crazy coincidences but i guess we can't read that let's read that next week it's so yeah. hot i can't focus right now the shitty thing about podcasting is you have to turn off your air conditioner because it's too yeah. rattly and noisy. And then yeah. your brain just turns to soup. You know, yeah. it's so hot right now. I got sweat pouring down my face. I can't think. I can't say anything insightful I'm because it's so hot. And honestly, to put things in perspective, it's not even that hot right now for us. Like we're very lucky. But if we were in England right now trying to podcast and we never felt temperatures above 100 degrees and now it's 104 fucking degrees. Yeah, they're dying. They're literally dying. It's crazy. Yeah. There's going to be many changes to this planet and these societies because of climate change. Mark my words. And I know that's going to come as a shock to some of our listeners, but it's going to be a fucking mess. And people ask, why, why don't you have kids, you dumb cat lady? Are you kidding? 
Who wants to bring a kid into this whole this whole garbage heap we call planet Earth? No disrespect to planet Earth because we do love our galaxy. It's one of the youngest galaxies, the Milky maybe, Way. Maybe. But still, goddamn. Find something else to get mad at liberals about rather than they're not having enough babies. That's what I say anyway. Yeah. Well, goodbye. Here's John with the credits. Hey, Election Profit Makers is an independent production. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers and send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you would like to try Predicted, go to www.predicted.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or Reverb or any of those places. That's always very helpful. Helpful. Ask Jeeves. Remember that website? Ask Jeeves. Yeah. Hey, Jeeves, what's the best podcast? They say it's election profit makers, my lord. That would be cool if they did that. Yeah. Ask Jeeves, GeoCities... Bios, web crawler, infospace, excite.com, Lycos, Alta Vista.